Building a business is hard. Sometimes things go really well, clients are plentiful, the work is fun and rewarding, and the money comes in, and other times things don't go so well. Laws change, or the algorithm changes, or the economy changes, and the client pipeline dries up. The work is hard, and the money runs out. Our guest for today's episode of the Copywriter Club podcast is Paolo Faustino, and he built a thriving affiliate business that collapsed in less than a month thanks to a change in the laws. He had just enough money to last four months, which means that he had to completely rebuild his business in 120 days. And in this interview, he tells us how he did it. And along the way, he shares a ton of great business advice for anyone who's trying to build their own business. But before we jump into this interview, this podcast is sponsored by the Copywriter Think Tank, which is our mastermind for copywriters who want to figure out a new revenue stream for their business and launch something new that can transform their business uh, in the year ahead. We have a retreat coming up actually in a couple weeks. Um, in early June, we have our next retreat. And if you want to be a part of that mastermind retreat where we bring in top speakers, where Rob and I teach and share, well, Rob, what are you sharing? I think we're going to talk about profits, profit margins, and how do you increase the money that's coming in. Uh, but we'll cover a lot of other stuff too. We have guests who are speaking about um, the uh, client buying cycle and how to implement the things that were taught by Eugene Schwartz. We're pulling in guests to talk about all kinds of things like email and such. So uh, definitely worth uh, tuning in and learning from all of these experts, as well as the super smart people that are already in the think tank. Yes. So that is coming up in June. And if you are listening to this, it is not too late to apply and possibly participate in that upcoming retreat um, if it's a good fit for you. So you can learn more at copywriterthinktank.com. All right, let's kick off our episode with Paolo. So I started in 2007 and... Uh, I, I started building companies in 2005. My first company, I built my first company with 19, when I was 19 years old. And it was a, a, a technology company. We sell computers and all overclocking stuff and water cooling stuff. And I started there. I left the company in 2007 and I went home with some bills to pay. And the first thing I searched on Google was how to make money online. And that was, that was my start. Because uh, no one was searching for digital marketing or all that stuff. Because no one speak, uh, spoke about that at the time. So they were speaking about how to make money online. That was the thing. And I started there. And I, I found a lot of uh, really interesting uh, North, American, North American stuff from Jeremy Schumacher, from Darren Rose, uh, from John Chow, and a lot, of, a lot of different entrepreneurs that were teaching at a time how to make money online. And there, there was a lot, of, a lot of different strategies like affiliate marketing, uh, like PPC, like... Uh, a lot of a lot of other things and AdSense, Google AdSense, and I started going deep on affiliate marketing, and that's my 
journey. My journey started as an affiliate marketer. And I started in 2007. In the end of the year, I was building uh, forums and blogs related to affiliate marketing on the sports betting industry, which was the industry I selected because I loved football and I love football uh, or soccer like you guys, <laughs> soccer, I love soccer. And I went there and I was, uh, I was creating content every single day about football, football predictions, football analysis, and a lot of stuff. And one day in 2007, I entered in one of the affiliate marketing companies uh, I was registered on and there was a 30 euro commission and that was my eureka moment like god i just got this works i just i just need to know how to do this every single day and that was my drive so it started there in 2008 i created a blog called uh, get rich in portuguese get rich and uh, and I started documenting every single thing I was learning online, like SEO, like uh, creating content, creating blogs, affiliate marketing, uh, strategies to make money online, everything. I was documenting everything. And on the first year, I posted 550 articles just on the first year. And I won... 100 bucks <laughs> on the first year, which, which was incredible. 100 bucks. Wait, did that and feel I, like a win? $100 at, with five, or were you just like, wow, this is going slower than, than I thought? Yeah, but I don't know why, but I was seeing these Americans making 100K with Google AdSense, making a lot of money on the affiliate marketing. And I was, man, just, just keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going. And at the time, I had some part-times. Uh, I worked on a cafe. I worked in, a, in an hostel. And I was doing some other stuff to, make, to bring some more money than 100 bucks. <laughs> but I was, I was completely, completely focused on that because... I don't know why, and, and that's, that's really strange. Every time I, I, I speak about my story is that I can't understand why, but I knew that I should, I should keep going on that, on that path. I don't know why. And I keep posting article after article after article. And in 2010, I did a rebranding on the blog and it went from get rich to money school. And in 2011, in 2010, I was doing like 2K a month already. And we launched the Filiados Brazil, the Brazil affiliate event on that year, the first edition. Uh, so I started there. In 2013, I already had my, my, my spouse with me. We met in 2009 and we started working together in 2010, 2011, 2012. And in 2013, uh, we created our company, 
which is our agency, our digital marketing agency. But at the time, there wasn't any agency. It was just a company to uh, invoice uh, all the affiliate marketing stuff we were doing, okay? So from 2013 to 2016, we, we were full-time affiliate marketers. We didn't do anything else. In 2014, we were making a million a year with four people on the affiliate marketing, on sports betting. We were the second biggest affiliate marketing, uh, affiliate marketing player on the bet, on the betting industry in Portugal, and one of the top ten in the world. So we were doing really, really good. But in 2015, there was a regulation in Portugal. So every sports betting uh, brands closed the operation in Portugal. And we went from like 100k a month to 5k. Oh, wow. <laughs> that, was, that was the moment we decided to create the agency. Because we were working for several years, for several years, almost 10 years, uh, and we had a lot of knowledge and we decided to starting, starting to deliver services to other brands with that knowledge. If, if we know how to do this for us, we can help probably some brands and other companies to do the same. So that was the moment we decided to launch the agency. And that's it. We have a, a lot. A lot of other stuff, because in 2016, we launched the agency. We created a physical event, a today event uh, related to digital marketing and entrepreneurship here, uh, which is Think Conference. And in 2017, we started to do in-person training related to digital marketing and digital marketing, social media, and all that stuff. And there was a boom, a boom. Uh, after 2017, 2018, we had a boom. Uh, for you to know, in, 2000, in 2018, uh, when we did the, the last edition of Think Conference before the pandemic, because we, we did in 2016, 2018, and we were doing in 2020, but there was a pandemic. So yeah. we stopped and we are relaunching this year. But in 2018, when we did the last edition of the conference, I had 5,000 followers on Instagram. <laughs> so from 2018 to 2023, uh, I grew I up from 5K on Instagram to almost 270K. So our database, uh, our email list went from like uh, 20K to 350K. So there was a lot of things. It, it's, it's like, uh, it, it's like I, I like to, to look back and look at this as like the compounding effect. Because you, you are working, 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 and, and in a moment, the, the growing is so fast because you are, it, it's compounding. It's compounding. So... Uh, it was probably between uh, 2018 that we, we went really fast, really, really fast. And 
On the pandemic, we decided to create our membership because uh, we stopped every in-person training we had. So we created the Digital Marketing Academy and we started teaching just online. Right now, we have uh, 4K members uh, in, our, in our membership. And after that, we decided to create several uh, digital products for our value ladder. So we created Sales Masters, which is our iTicket program, our Masterminds, which is Golden Circle, and we created several other different online courses during the pandemic because it was... Man, it was an awesome time, and I think we we have we have uh, we didn't squeeze the orange as much as we could at the time because everyone was thinking, okay, this is just a one month, two month thing, and we are free to go. Uh, but right now, when I look back, there was so much opportunities over there. <laughs> yeah. So, so Paolo, I want to ask, this is kind of a, a dumb question, but just in case anybody who's listening doesn't understand what affiliate marketing is, you were you did not have your own products, right? You were creating sites to attract customers, and then you were selling other people's products and collecting a commission. Exactly. The first affiliate program in the world was created by the first, the first uh, popular affiliate program in the world was created by Amazon in 96. And that affiliate program was the, the way that Amazon became so big. Because you don't see Amazon ads on Facebook or Instagram or Google or wherever. Because Amazon doesn't do digital advertising on those platforms. Why? Because they have... Uh, 100k affiliates on their platform promoting all their all, all all the items on different categories they have. And the thing is, when I promote an Amazon product, depending on the category, the Amazon Amazon pays me between three uh, percent to twelve percent on the shopping cart items, which is quite interesting because I can send someone to Amazon to buy. Uh, a pair of shoes, for example. But if they enter on the Amazon online store and they decide to buy those shoes, but also a lot of other stuff, I will receive a commission on everything, on every single product that that guy checked out. So that was one of the things that attracted me on the affiliate marketing was because I can attract someone that spends... I don't know, $50,000 on Amazon and I can get a, a commission on top of that. Uh, and that's the way affiliate marketing works. I didn't add the, I didn't add the needs to create a, a, a product for myself. Uh, I, just, I just recommended uh, products that already existed and it was really, really fast to, to start growing. Because we're talking about affiliate marketing, how has that space changed and what's working today or not working today for anyone who's interested and is like, I'd like to do that. That sounds great. How can I do that? So it's working the same thing uh, or the same strategies are still working. There's uh, PPC, affiliate, uh, affiliate marketing with uh, ads, digital advertising, which is, which is uh, we call it arbitrage. 
because in some way you are investing in 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 one side to get a commission on the other side and the the, the balance between those two need, need need to be positive so uh it's it's more difficult it's more difficult when you are selling products that pays you on a cpa base which is i send someone to buy this water bottle if if the person buys the the water bottle i receive a commission and that's it but one of the things we do for example on the on the sports betting industry and there are a lot of different industries that does the same is recurring customers for example when you re when you register for example on a sports betting on an online casino website uh, you register just once but you come back to the casino website several times in a year and i receive commissions every single time you come back so it's recurring commission and it's 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 one of the things we call revenue share which is if i send kyra for a casino and kyra uh, makes a uh, 100 bucks deposit and she loses the 100 bucks i receive 40% commission of those 100 bucks but if kyra won 200 bucks i will have my commission negative so it's both ways but the thing is 99% of the players lose in the long term so it's always positive. <laughs> That's a little, <laughs> a little depressing for them. Um, yeah. Okay, so it is. you uh, mentioned you went from... Recurring revenue. Yeah. It, it happens the same, for example, with uh, SaaS software. Yep. Uh, yeah. Because it's recurring, recurring commissions. Uh, it's the same, for example, on adult websites. Adult websites like porn and all that stuff because it's recurring payments too. So every recurring uh, membership or software or whatever, they pay you uh, recurring commissions. So for example, ClickFunnels. ClickFunnels, it's a recurring affiliate commission. So if, if, if I brought Kyra to ClickFunnels and she's paying for the, for the software every, every single month, I will receive a commission every single month. So it's the same. Okay. And you mentioned you went from 100K a month to 5K a month um, during that time. <laughs> how, did, how did you deal with that type of drop? I mean, like mindset-wise, emotionally, how do you deal with that? And then what do you do to get focused again as a team, not just yeah. for you, but as your team with your, your partner? Like, What do you do in those moments yeah. where you have to start over? <laughs> On that day, me and my wife, uh, we were out. Uh, we were out of the office when I received the call. Uh, I received the call from Bath365, which was our biggest affiliate partner at the time, and they called me to uh, to let me know that they were leaving the country. Okay. And on that day, uh, I spoke with, with my wife and we decided to create a plan. And we went to the office on the other day and we, we did a meeting with everyone and we told them, we have money to keep the company for six months and we have to do something about this. And we decided to do two things. At the time, we were doing 
100k a month in Portugal. In Portugal. And we have some few affiliate websites in Brazil, but we were not exploring too much because we were 100% in Portugal. And one of the things we decided was, okay, if we can't make money in Portugal, let's go to the Brazil market and try to do the exactly same thing. And we did that. And right now we are doing 20K a month. It's not 100, but it's quite better. It's quite better. And the other thing was, okay, let's start, let's start to uh, sell online services related to digital marketing and advertising. Because at the time, we were spending like 20 to 30K a month just on Facebook ads, which in 2013, 2014 was a lot of money. No one... No one was spending that kind of money at the time. And it was quite different because we, at the time, we, we could advertise gambling. Right now, you can't. Uh, it's on the guidelines. So it's quite different right now. But it was a moment that we, 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 we made a meeting with everyone on the team. And this is the, the game plan. Are you guys with us or do you want to live? And yeah. every single person, every single person on the team uh, was with us. And one, one, of, one of those guys, my first developer, uh, he, he scheduled a meeting with me and my wife uh, to tell us that if we wanted to drop his salary for one year, he was fine with that. And we did that. We dropped the salary and he kept he, he, he keep work, working uh, on, the same, on the same pace and it went really, really well. And after one year, we, we raised the salary again, not for the same value. We were growing a little bit every single year and it was really, it was a, a, a moment, a moment that we understood the kind of persons we had on our team and the love they had for the things we were doing because they 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 were enjoying they were really enjoying every single moment we were creating together so it was really really cool on that time but emotionally it's it's like i need to find a job <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I need to I find a job. But it seems like you it seems like the two of you and the team turned it around within a couple of days. You you created the new vision and got everybody on yes. board. Or did it take longer? Yes. Was it sounds like it was the no, next no, no, day? No, 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 no. No, no, no. It was like two, three days we had the master plan and we we kept the the master plan until today because we are working on Brazil for affiliate marketing and we still have the digital agency, so. Okay. So I feel like you're, I don't know what you would call it, but you're like an early adopter, maybe trendsetter. <laughs> first to market, first to market. But I'm wondering how you look for opportunities, especially in that moment when things fall apart here and you have to, you have to pivot. Or even now for copywriters with ChatGPT and everything changed overnight. And so it, they have to pivot. They have to look for new opportunities. How I know part of that probably is just 
in you and intuitive, but yes. what advice would you give to us if we are trying to look for opportunities? How could we approach it so we can do that too? Uh, I have I have this phrase in my head uh, that, that, that says, uh, I will try to translate to English, which is the fear of losing keeps you away from winning. And the thing is, when something like uh, ChatGPT or other technologies uh, and the world transformation and all that stuff, the thing is, everyone normally, the first thought and the first emotion is, I will lose everything. And for some people, they kept there. They stay there. And for other people is, okay, but... I could lose everything, but I can win everything too, because there's opportunities too. And the thing is, it's more related to the person than is related to the mark to the market. Because, uh, for example, the pandemic, the the ChatGPT, the the blockchain, the whatever, everyone. Everyone that that was afraid of losing money, for example, on the blockchain never sold an NFT, an NFT or bought uh, a crypto coin or wherever. And there was a lot of opportunities, a lot of opportunities. One year and a half ago or two years ago, the crypto mark market was $3 trillion, $3 trillion. I don't know how much money it is, but it's too much. <laughs> Three trillion dollars. And the thing is, if if you stay with the fear of losing, you are a way of winning. And the thing is, you, you are not doing anything on 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 your behalf to to build on top of that. And it, it has one hundred percent related to the person more than the market, definitely. Paulo, one of the things that you do so well, obviously, is helping people to build their businesses. And, and it's not a particular niche. You, know, you do it across all kinds of niches. So just thinking about starting a business, you know, if I'm going to start a new copywriting business or a new marketing consulting business or whatever, what are the foundational pieces that people need to be thinking about as to you know, get started, but get started in a way that helps them succeed and not necessarily struggle? There are a lot of topics. Uh, the thing is, if I was starting a business today uh, related to copywriting services, for example, one of the things I had in mind was I need to know how to prospect clients, how to close sales, how to onboard new clients, and how to do marketing. These four things for me are the, the, the foundations of everything because I need to prospect. And there are a, a different, different ways to prospecting new clients because you, you can do that by yourself or you can create, for example, an attraction funnel uh, to bring those people to your site. It's different strategies, different approaches, but they, they still bring new clients in. So... That's good. The other thing is marketing. Marketing, uh, 
on social media, for example, it's important and why it is important. It's important because it is 100% related to your authority. And authority is 100% related to perception. Authority, it's 100% perception. For example, I don't know if you guys uh, have seen the Tinder Swindler on Netflix. No. Yes? I've heard of it. I, I, I haven't watched the show, but I've seen it there. It's like on my, my watch list. Yeah, you, you guys should watch. That thing is 100% authority perceived. It's perception. It's perception. Because if you look at the guy, the, the perception he built about him was that he was rich. Uh, it was son of a diamond king. And that he had a, a private jet and all that stuff. But everything was a lie. Okay? But it's perception. Authority is perception. So the thing is, when you go to, to social media, you need to understand this to... Uh, everything you do on social media builds a perception on your followers. So every single, every single post, every single photo, every, everything you do on social media builds your perception or builds your followers' perception about you. The thing is, what kind of perception are your followers getting about you? It's an authority one, it's a relaxed one, it's a knowledge one, it's, it's a results one. For example, if you look to Gary Vee, Gary Vee, Gary Vaynerchuk isn't what you see on social media. Because on social media, you only see what the person wants you to see. Okay? But the thing you are, when you look to Gary Vaynerchuk, you see results. You see results. You see motivation. You see focus. You see a lot of a lot of cool things and authority over there. Because if I want to get results, Gary Vaynerchuk can bring me the results. It's it's perception. Do you know if uh, if Gary delivers results? I, I assume. I, I assume he does. I haven't worked with you him. Assume, but... You I assume. I assume he does. Yes. You assume he does. It's perception. The other thing is sales. If you do a bunch, a bunch of prospecting, if you do a bunch of lead generation, if you do a bunch of uh, potential customer attraction and all that stuff, and you don't know how to close sales, you are leaving tons of money on, on the top of the table. So you need to understand sales. Every single one, if he is a copywriter, a social media marketer, or someone that works for another company, you, you need to understand sales. Because every single one, every single person sells from the day he born to the day he dies. Because we do that all the time. You sell your, you sell your ideas, you sell everything you defend, everything you, you are loved about it. You sell everything every single time. The thing is, for, the, for those that say that sales, oh, sales are not my thing. It's because they can't handle the idea of swapping money from a service. Because if we are selling ideas, 
I, for example, imagine, uh, let's bring politics. Uh, for example, Donald Trump or, or, or Joe Biden or wherever. The guys that love those persons, they defend those persons. They sell those persons, right? The thing is, you don't have any problem to sell that because there isn't money related. You sell that to those friends, to those families, uh, whatever. But when it's a service and we are changing money for work, everyone gets, oh my God, oh my God. And that's the thing. So you need to understand sales. And the fourth thing was prospects, marketing, sales, and onboarding. The experience, uh, I used to say that the, the sale starts when the client says yes. And for everyone, the sale stops when the customer says yes. And that's the wrong strategy. The good strategy is uh, my sale starts on the day my client says yes, because now I need to deliver and I need to deliver a world-class experience. So the onboarding, the onboarding, uh, the way we're going to work, the timings for the project, the deliverables, everything needs to be set up in a way that my customer understands on is reality because the majority of the clients don't understand marketing, technical stuff or words or whatever because we talk marketish, <laughs> marketish stuff, and they don't understand. We need to bring that to a relatable way for them to understand what we are doing and why we are working this way. So the onboarding is essentially to bring the clients to a safe zone and then deliver a world-class experience. So you are talking about sales and that we get, we stumble through the money piece of it. So how do you help your clients with their money mindset? How do you help them work through the money component of it so they don't get in their own way? Are there any techniques or any advice you give to your clients? It depends on the type of client. For example, for us on our agency, uh, one of the things we try to do is uh, try to understand the type of clients we can help and the the monthly the monthly minimum wage they have to spend for example on marketing on software and all that stuff and those barriers are a way also for us to filter our potential clients because we don't know we don't work with every single client that has interested that, that, that's interested to work with us. And we do the, those filters because it's a way for me to deliver a better experience. And it's a filter for them because if they don't have the mindset, they don't have the money, they don't have the courage. For example, a client that is desperate to uh, start selling on his online store. One of our filters is we don't take desperate clients. Never. Every single client that says it's desperate or it's, uh, oh my God, you're going to save my business. It's out of the business because we, we don't want to work with, the, with that kind of mindsets because 
I'm not, I'm not God. <laughs> I'm not going to save your business. Because if you are desperate, desperate decisions are the worst you can, you can do. So we try to bring some filters uh, more than try to change those mindsets about money. Okay? Because that's a really hard work. That's a really hard work. So in addition to that particular filter, when you're looking for great clients that you can help build, what are some of the other characteristics that you're looking for aside from they're not desperate? Product validation. It's essential for us. For example, we don't work uh, with businesses that are starting right now or started a few weeks ago and they didn't prove the concept. That's one of the filters too. Because if I'm, if I'm getting a client that is starting from the ground zero and I don't have any idea if that product, it's, it's market fits, uh, it's, it's not a good business because I'm taking too much risk. And if the product or the service isn't market fits, the client will say, you didn't bring me results. And the problem sometimes is it, it, it's not that you can't provide results. It's that the product or the service isn't good. Or the market is not looking for a product or service like that. And so we don't take clients that are starting. They need to have uh, the products already validated. All right, Kira, a lot of stuff to unpack here. Why don't you kick us off? What would you like to emphasize about what Paula was talking about? Oh, it was so funny, fun to hear his story because you and I know where Paulo's business is today, right? It's successful, impressive. Um, he's been at it for a while. So I didn't know the origin story and the ups and downs. So hearing about that was just such a great reminder, especially since, you know, he really, his team, his company, he lost everything in such a short period of time due to the change in, in legislation and the law changing, and it flipped everything upside down for him. And so that to me was the most fascinating part, hearing him talk about how he turned that around with his, with his partner, with his team, um, so that they could save, not only save the business, but then grow the business dramatically into what it is today. So my takeaway from that is just, you could lose everything. Um, we are not guaranteed st anything steady in business. Like that is, that's what we signed up for. It's the roller coaster ups and downs. And that's what we're all here for. And if we're not here for that, then it's probably not the right line of work. Um, but he had, you know, a really positive side to that around you could you know, yes, you could lose everything, but you could also win everything. And there's always an opportunity, no matter what happens in the industry, in the space. And so that's the type of positive mindset that I'm trying to channel, even on hard days. It's like, where's where's the opportunity here? Yeah, there are three things from his story that I think you know, I, I would repeat. One is, you know, as things started going and he started to earn a little bit of money, that thought of how do I do more of this? How do I keep this going? What are those things to get this engine spinning even faster? And he talked a little bit about that inflection point where stuff just starts to compound. And it takes a lot of time and effort to get to that point. A lot of times we look at other businesses, other people who've been doing this for a while and think, why is their business so smooth? Why do things look like 
you know, it's easy for them. They're not always easy for those people, but it, on the outside, it certainly looks that way. And it's because oftentimes they've hit that inflection point, that compounding that uh, Paolo talked about is happening. And then, you know, you, you kind of uh, mentioned this as well, you know, as things collapse, he's got to work hard. And, you know, even the thought occurs, you know, do I need to get a job, a real job? And uh, Paolo talked about how the fear of losing keeps you away from winning. Oftentimes we're so afraid of, of putting ourselves out there and, you know, the rejection or um, spending the money on the thing because, you know, we're going to lose out and it keeps us from those bigger wins. And so just hearing him tell those, his story brought all of that stuff to life for me. Yeah. And he also talked about authority, which I thought was really interesting because you and I talk a lot about authority, but the way he worded it about how it's really, it's perception. And that is something that we we can control how we're perceived by reverse engineering it. And so that caused me to think differently about how I'm building my authority and whether or not you like that word, you're drawn to it or not. It's It's a real thing in marketing. And so what is the perception that you're creating by taking consistent action in your business, whether it's intentional or not, we're all um, perceived a certain way. And so am just reverse engineering, it would be really helpful to think about for many business owners. Uh, I like how he talked about that. You know, perception is a massive part of authority. Uh, you know, there's fame. There are people who are famous, but don't necessarily have authority because they're not necessarily doing a thing in the right way. They're just, they're just famous, right? They're, we see their faces all over the, you know, whether it's Instagram or TV or movies or whatever. Um, but creating that perception, it takes work. You know, it's not just a matter of showing up on social media. You need to be talking about the things that you do. You need to be talking about how you solve problems, uh, you know, how you work with clients, your frameworks, all those kinds of things. It all plays into that perception that you know what you're doing. Yeah. And that's, if you could just take, you know, two ideas from the conversation, going back to the compounding effect, like doing things consistently in your business, whether it's marketing, whatever it is, that compounding effect is so critical. And I think the copywriters I see struggle are not doing the work consistently and, and struggling and wondering why they're not getting the po positive results that they want. So if we pair the compounding effect with um, authority building and really taking control over the perception and what we're putting out there. And if you do those two together and really think about how they work together, that can dramatically change your business. And that dovetails really nicely with what Paula talked about, the four things that you need in order to start your business. You need to know how to prospect. You need to find clients. And your perception as an authority plays a pretty big part in that, in attracting people to you. Or when you show up in their inbox with a pitch, building that trustworthiness that comes from your authority. Also, closing sales. Once you prospect, you've got to be able to close the sales. Once you close a sale, you've got to onboard people into whatever it is that you've sold, whether it's a service or a product or a membership or whatever. And then he made a really good point about how if that's where your business activities end, um, you're really messing up because marketing to your clients and helping them you know, solve their problems, it's an ongoing thing. And sometimes we focus so much on that front end that we forget that the back end is really where uh, dedicated, loyal customers and clients happen and come back over and over or refer their friends. So, you know, those four elements really stood out to me as well. All right, let's get back to our interview with Paolo to learn how he was able to grow his audience and expand his reach and authority. 
I want to go back to your story and how you grew from 2018 to 2023. And I just like, what was happening during that time? I know many things were happening, but when you look back, what were some of the pivotal changes or moments or decisions that you made along during that time to help you grow? I was, I was the Facebook guy, <laughs> not the Instagram guy. And for some time, and that was a mistake that I learned uh, at the time, was that uh, I started too slow and uh, uh, to, let me find the word, uh, I started too slow and after the majority of the early adopters of Instagram, the digital marketers that were using Instagram to provide content, to bring value and all that stuff. Because I was that guy that, no, that Instagram is not for me. I will, I will stay on Facebook. I will, stay, I'll, I will stay doing my thing on Facebook. Uh, and I did that until 2019. In February 2019, I had 20K followers. Okay, I remember that because I launched my book in February 2019. And my book was one of, one of the things that helped me, helped me bring more authority, perceived authority, yeah. and that was really good. And the other thing was uh, I, have, I, I have a really, really interesting story about Top One Mastermind because... Uh, in, 2000, in 2019, after launching my book, I tried to enter on top one. And uh, I filled the form and I had a call with Damien and Damien told me, you are not ready for top one. <laughs> and I was, what? I'm not ready? <laughs> what? <laughs> and, he, and he told me, what do you need is one day we taught a full day we taught. A full a full day we taught in a room. Okay, talk me. Tell me more about that. Tell, tell me more about that. And it was a full day we taught in Miami, and I could ask anything. Okay, sounds cool. And how much? Oh, it's this 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 amount on these days. Blah blah blah. And uh, okay, let's 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 do it. And I flew to Miami with, with one of my employees and we went to a room, like a war room with Todd all day <laughs> asking questions, all day were asking questions. And in 2019, when I did that, I wasn't using ClickFunnels already. I started using ClickFunnels after that day. Because we built everything. We were the guys that designed everything and then developed everything. Oh, wow. And we were those guys. But we took three months to do uh, three-week work. So we were those guys. And after that meeting, Todd told us, you need speed. You need speed. And ClickFunnels brings you speed. So, and I was, okay, let's try ClickFunnels. And we started making every single sales page, training, everything on ClickFunnels. And our business speed was like five times, five times the speed. Doing every, every, 
everything we were are already doing, we did this, the exactly same thing five times faster. And that was really, really important to us. After that, I started to look at Instagram as a marketing tool. Social media, I, uh, I normally say social media, social media, it's a marketing tool because the, the, the objective to use a social media platform is to bring people to another, another environment that you control. So if I use Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, Pinterest, wherever, the goal, the main goal should be bring those people to an environment you are controlling. That doesn't depend on algorithms or, or fake profiles or bands or whatever. You need to bring those people to an environment you are controlling. Like, for example, your email list. And when I understood every fundamental about, about those things, I started pushing on Instagram. I started posting every single day and promoting every single post. Because if I, if I work for two hours in a, in a post, for example, a 10-image carousel for Instagram, if I work two hours to do that, and I'm posting that on Instagram and 500 people are watching, I'm wasting my time. I need more people watching this. And so what's the way to bring more people to watch this? Promote those contents. You need to promote those contents. So 5,000 people are watching, 50,000 people are watching. And Instagram uh, in 2019, 2020 was really, really cheap. Right now is not that cheap, but it's still cheap. Uh, and I promote every single post I do on Instagram. If it is a carousel, a one-image post, a reels, video, wherever, I promote every single post. Because if I can bring millions of people to watch my content and I'm creating a good content, those people will follow me. They will follow me. And the other thing is, if I build that awareness, I can use that as a remarketing audience on Facebook and Instagram and deliver my products, my ebooks, my lead generation stuff directly to them. So that's what I'm doing. My, for example, my 365 days uh, audience on Instagram. It's right now 1.2 million people. So I have 1.2 million people to advertise for. It's a lot of people. I can bring a lot of leads over there because those guys already know me. They, they have engaged with at least one single content from my account. So I, I, I need to squeeze that. And I'm using it for that. On 2018 and 2019, uh, the in-person trainings we did were amazing because we were doing like eight to 10 in-person trainings per year. And all of them with at least 100 people or 200 people. It was a lot of people. And for Portugal, because the, the, the second biggest was doing like 20 people. <laughs> so it was really, really good. And we were pushing a lot on that uh, and doing a lot of in-person trainings. And that brought us to a, a whole new level on, for example, speaking, speaking 
life training, uh, objection handling, all that stuff. Because you, you need to be there. You need to be there. And it was really, really good on that time. And in 2020, when the pandemic started, uh, we did the same meeting with all the company like we did in 2015. And guys, we have money for, I don't know, four months, whatever, uh, four months. So this is the way we're going to do it. Let's start making online stuff. Uh, let's creating online courses. Let's creating. Uh, we we did a bunch of w online workshops, social media workshop, neuro marketing workshop, and a lot of stuff. We built also the the digital marketing academy, and we are, we were crushing it because because we we understood that if people is online and is consuming every single thing online, we need to be online. And after the pandemic, uh, we kept online. We kept everything online. So we stopped the in-person trainings. We're going to restart this year uh, with a three-day three three training. But we stopped every single in-person training. We, we brought everything online. And so all this... And the, the, the money we are spending on, on ads. Because the, the fundamental is, if you are not on your followers' top of mind, they will not buy from you. So uh, one of the things uh, I learned al also in 2020, 2020 with Neil Patel uh, was that he understood really fast that the game he is playing is is the awareness game. So what what he was preparing at the time, uh, commercial advertisings for uh, television on US. Because if the goal is the awareness, I need to be in front of my potential clients every single time. So the social media game is exactly the same. So we spend a lot of money promoting our content, growing fast, and that's the way we we do it. Can I ask some specifics about the Instagram sure. promotion? Because uh, you mentioned a lot of people think about Instagram. They're like, well, I'll run ads on Instagram. But you're talking about something a little bit different in, when you say you're going to promote your posts. So how do you decide which uh, which posts get more money? You know, how much are you spending to promote a post? Uh, you know, like okay, what are cool. some of the metrics around that so that so I can look at it and say, wait, I really should be promoting this to more people. Cool. Uh, when I started, I, I, I'm going to bring two visions. When I start, when I started is the first vision. When I started, I decided this way. I posted my my content on Instagram and I waited. 24 hours for the organic, okay? After the organic reach and the organic metrics, I decided uh, if I, I promote this with more money or less money. So the first thing is understand your, your account average, okay? What, what is your account average? If you do a post on Instagram right now, in average, how, how much people are you reaching with your post? Let's say, for example, 2,000 people, okay? 
that's your average. In average, 2,000 people receive my post on, 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 on the feed. So if that is my average, when I do a post that has, for example, 4,000, 5,000 people reached, I was promoting that with five bucks a day during 30 days, which is 150 bucks, okay? If the posts was reaching uh, below average, I was promoting it with five bucks for seven days, just that, okay? Right now, second phase, I'm promoting every single post with 150 bucks, every single one. So I do five bucks a day, 30 days for every single post. On Instagram, you have, a, you have different uh, uh, objectives when you promote a post. The objective you need to, to choose to grow fast your accounts is profile visits. Profile visits. Because the thing is, you need to bring that content in front of your potential clients. And if he likes the content, the thing he does is go to your profile, watch your profile, see if you guys are, are delivering uh, some jams, and then follow you. So profile visits, it's the goal. The other thing, the, third, the first step is profile visits. The second step is the persona. I'm going to promote this post for who? And the thing is, uh, you can create multiple different audiences to promote your posts on Instagram. My, my recommendation is bring different audiences. For example, if you are a copywriter, should I, should I, should I choose copywriting on the, on the Facebook and Instagram interests? interests? And my reply is no. Because if you choose, for example, copywriting on Facebook and Instagram interests, you, you're going to speak with copywriters, not clients that want copywriting services. So that's, that's the way you, you need to think about that. But for example, uh, for example, buyers, uh, for example, uh, there, there are uh, some, some different acts you can use on Facebook and Instagram segmentation. For example, involved buyers, it's one of the segmentations, which is uh, a segmentation created by Facebook related to the pixel, pixel information and that person on Facebook. And what is an involved buyer? Is someone that is on Facebook or Instagram and clicks on advertising and buys stuff online. But Paulo, how does Facebook knows that people is buying stuff online? Because those stores and those websites are using Facebook Pixel to track that. Yeah. So Facebook knows that. Uh, so it's it's a really good segmentation. The other uh, the other one, uh, for example, is uh, is the, the public that has high income, okay? You can choose that too. Another stuff I do, for example, if I want to talk to business owners, you have business owners' interests, but you have also, for example, uh, commercial, commercial pages on Facebook. Which is commercial pages on Facebook? It's people that has a commercial page for his business on Facebook. That person has a business because if he has a commercial page, he probably has a business. Another stuff, for example, if you, if you filter, for example, 
to those that have made payments to Facebook on the last 90 to 30 days. It's people that are spending money on Facebook advertising. Okay? Those are businesses too. So if I want to bring businesses, I need to do some filters more related to specific behaviors than to interests. Okay? Because there are a lot of people that think, for example, if I, if I make a filter for people that likes Rolex, Gucci, Louis Vuitton, and wherever, I'm just talking with people with a lot of money. No. People that likes Rolex, Gucci, and Louis Vuitton normally are those that don't have the money to buy those products, but they love the brands. It's behavior. Okay? So... The second step, create the different audiences uh, related to those filters, okay? And the third is uh, decides on the amount you're going to spend per day and the duration of the company. So I normally do seven or 30 days and it's five bucks a day. So you're good to go. All right. Anything I <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, no, uh, yeah, I think that definitely helps. I mean, it gets I, there are so many copywriters who use Instagram, but just cool. you know, throw their stuff out there and then it just sits, right? Or they're not necessarily using ads, but hoping to connect. And so I think even just thinking through like, oh, maybe you know, maybe it's not 30 days to start out, maybe you just do it for five days or you know, let's let's it's see fine. what happens. But it's an idea worth pursuing. I'm curious <laughs> about if we're talking about Instagram, let's talk about how you create the content because I know you have a big team now. And so I'm curious, you know, do you have team members helping you with that level of content or are you doing that on your own? I built I built every single post on my Instagram until 4 months ago. Really? Wow. <laughs> really. Okay. And, and how many and was that a week? How many times do you post a, lot. a week? It's like uh, one time per day. Okay, so once a day. One time per day. And uh, I just gave my Instagram login and password two, day, two days ago. Wow. <laughs> okay, I was, I was still posting. Not creating, but posting. But one of the things is, uh, I just delegate that, but uh, the person that is working with me is building the content, but I'm bringing my vision to that content. Okay, because for example, the copy has to be my tone, has to be my style, because I, I don't believe and I really don't believe on, for example, a personal brand that is created by someone else. It doesn't have your tone, your style, your way to look at those things. So uh, I revise every single copy uh, the, the image copy and the legend, the, the subtitle, sorry, the subtitle uh, for the posters I'm creating from the ground zero. Because I, I want to, to, to have my tone and my style. But the thing is, right now, there are a lot of softwares and cool, cool, cool tools to build your Instagram profile. But one of the things, the most important for me is what sell is not the design, what sell is the content. So a lot of people, a lot of people 
are keep uh, they keep struggling because they want to have the the perfect Instagram feed with good looking posts and design stuff and Canva stuff and wherever. And I was building every single post on Apple Keynote. My posts were created slow. on Keynote. Yeah, you need, you need speed, and that sounds really slow. Keynotes, Keynotes, Keynote is really good because you can change the colors. You you can bring arrows and circles and squares and text. It's good. Create a Keynote uh, with one 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 thousand and eighty. Uh, pixels for 1080 pixels on keynotes you just create the post on the exact exact size for instagram you export that in png and you're good to go you just need to bring value more than design except if you are a graphic designer because for a graphic designer the designer the design matters because it's a portfolio right and I, I kind of know the answer to this because I've, you know, browsed your Instagram content. We've talked about this, but when you talk, you know, there's one thing to have that nice image that's there. You talk about bringing value and that's one of those buzzwords everybody talks about. In fact, I, I kind of hate it because everybody says, oh, you know, there's <laughs> gold here, lots of value or whatever. But let's just outline some of the kinds of um, authority content that you tend to post? Like, um, what are the ideas that you're sharing? Do they break into uh, any kind of categories where you're thinking, this time I want to share this kind of content, this time I'm going to be talking about this idea, or is it just kind of whatever comes to mind? So right now there is content planning with my team, but when I was posting, the thing is, first you need to understand behavior and behavior uh, and two things you need to connect human behavior on social media and data because people don't look at data. For example, if you have a post on Instagram and he has uh, five likes, 20 likes, okay? And then you do uh, another post that has 200 likes. What's the f***ing difference between them? Because there's a difference over there. There's a difference over there. The, the attention phase, it's better. Uh, you are capturing the attention in a way that is way better than the other post, or it's the format, or it's the type of content you are delivering, you need to look at data, okay? Because data tells you everything. I know before posting, if a post is going to work or not, because it's behavior, it's, it's data, okay? For example, if you do on copywriting, if you do, for example, uh, for example, email, email subjects that are open 100% of the time. And it's just bullets with different subjects that grab the attention from people. It works because people want, people want the, the work done, okay? They don't want to think. They just want the work done. So everything you do on social media that brings value and work done, it works because people are lazy. Yeah. <laughs> That's lazy. why social media works. I know. I'm, I'm lazy. I know I am. <laughs> That's why social media works because people are lazy. That's, that is true. Okay. So that's that's templates or that's uh, work work done f for you normally works really really well. 
so for example, tools works really well too. Uh, for example, we did a post uh, yesterday, yesterday about AI softwares to do a bunch of things, okay? To do copy, to do design, to do whatever, a bunch of different softwares. It was a boom. It worked really well. And now money on top of that and leave it for 30 days. And if it works really well and the content, it's not time sensitive, you can re-promote it after 30 days. So I have, for example, contents that I've created three months ago still being promoted, okay? Because they kept working. I want to go in a different direction and go back to kind of big picture and your journey and the path you've taken. And I want to know how your mindset has changed, like just going inside your brain. What has changed along the way? What can you identify as I think differently now about this or I operate differently. Everything. Okay. Well, some specific examples. Everything. We need examples. It changed everything. So uh, the first thing when I started, uh, I know I was, I know my goal was to be a millionaire. That was my goal since the beginning. Okay. Since the early stage, I wanted to be a millionaire. And the thing is, uh, the, the kind of books that, that brought me comfort and motivation was uh, personal development books, okay? Every personal development book works with me because I have that drive and that motivation and it works really well. Right now uh, and after those years, which make the... Uh, the the knowledge that makes the difference was understanding that uh, you make more money if you understand better human behavior. And that's been my, my study for the past six years. It's human behavior. Everything from psychology, from uh, neuromarketing, from neurocells, from a lot of different topics. Uh, related to human behavior. Because if I understand what's the motivation besides the action, I can bring faster results to my companies. The other thing has to do with uh, high performance. High performance made a difference too. Uh, when you understand the high performance high performance structure, the model, uh, how to think, uh, how to stop giving excuses and bring results to the table, uh, how to be 100% uh, 100% uh, focused in, in, every, in every area of your life, from your health to your family to your work, uh, everything gets better. So I'm still improving in some topics, but... Those are probably the foundation, human behavior, our high performance and personal development. More than business, way more than business. What do you wish that you had done differently, Paolo? You know, if you could go back and talk to, you know, Paolo just starting out doing affiliate marketing or maybe Paolo starting his agency, what do you wish that you had done differently throughout the journey? Build your personal brand from the first day. I started... Uh, I could have started, I don't know, six, seven years before my personal brand. And it was, it, it probably made a difference. Uh, I, I probably 
could have been uh, faster or making more money right now if I had, if, if I did that uh, or made that decision at a time. So my personal brand. Uh, just, I think this is my final question, but to end, I don't want to, well, I don't want to end on a negative note. So maybe we have to ask another question, Rob, but, um, <laughs> I mean, it's like so many things have gone well for you, but you've also shared the harder moments and the pivots, but I'm wondering what you struggle with today in your business, you know, at, at the level you're at, what is the new struggle that you're working through? Scale. Uh, when you scale a team, uh, it's really difficult to scale the, not scale the deliverables, but uh, guarantee that you are scaling and delivering the best quality products that you were doing, I don't know, 10 years or two staff members ago, okay? Or... Because with uh, 35 people, with 35, 35 people on our team, that's that's our struggle right now. We are building processes, we are building tools, we are trying to bring more training for them, uh, and trying to find a methodology that brings me the results I want to guarantee to my clients. Because with a big team, everyone understands the things in a different way and they deliver in a different way. So the, the, our goal right now is to create a system that brings confidence to the process and delivers the same exact quality that we want to deliver depending if we are or independent from 30 people on the team or 200 people on the team. So we are, we are working on that. And we've been working on that for, I don't know, six months. And I'm breaking my brain with that. <laughs> yeah, it's a struggle. So yeah, so let me turn it, make it more positive so that we don't end on a broken brain. But what are you most excited about in your business right now, Paulo? Uh, delivering transformation. When I see people, when I see people uh, transforming their lives, their family lives, their companies, that brings me so much motiv motivation and so much joy. That uh, after 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 some level, you are not doing things for the money. You are not doing things for the money. You are doing things because you enjoy those things. You enjoy the process. And I think it's more, it's more, uh, I, I do prefer the process than I do prefer the money it brings me. Because the process, it's where the excitement is. And I love the process of building a new company, building a new product, building a new event. So that's the thing. And, and bring that transformation to people's lives, to people's lives. It's, it's amazing. Well, that's a positive note we can end on. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, for anyone listening who wants to connect with you, where should they go? Uh, Instagram, P-A-U-L-O-F-A-U-S-T-I-N-O, Paulo Faustino at Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, Twitter, YouTube, every social media platform. Yeah, definitely. I'm everywhere. 
Definitely <laughs> check check out Paolo. You might have to read Portuguese or use Google Translate, but a lot of the information there is uh, worth listening to. Paolo, thanks thanks for showing up and sharing so much. Thank you so much business. for the invitation. It's a pleasure. We appreciate and, uh, it. I love you guys. I love you guys. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you. That's the end of our interview with Paolo Faustino. Let's talk just about one or two more things, Kara, uh, that are worth emphasizing. Uh, I loved when Paolo you know, mentioned he, when he talked with Todd Brown, who's you know, one of our mentors, one of his mentors. Um, first thing that Todd said is you need speed. You need to be operating faster. You need to be getting, uh, not just from prospecting to sales faster, but you need to be getting the numbers back faster. You need to be able to see what's happening in your business faster so that you can make changes, so that you can make adjustments and improvements. And I think this is something that a lot of us struggle with as copywriters. You know, if we're prospecting, you send the the pitch out and you don't hear back for maybe a week or two, or you don't hear back at all. And being able to see these numbers as quickly as possible or being able to iterate faster through a larger set of potential clients, some of the stuff that we talk about in our P7 pitching uh, course, uh, those kinds of things help speed it up and help make you more successful. Um, so just thinking about like, what is it that I can do Faster, And we're not necessarily talking about delivering your copy faster, or need, although that can be part of it, but are there things in your business that you can speed up because the more efficient we are, the more money we can make doing the things that we do? That stood out to me the most too. It's you need speed and especially thinking about all the generative AI tools we have access to. And as more and more content creators and copywriters access those tools, the speed will become more important because all of a sudden that will become the new normal. And so it's another reason to just start to familiarize yourself with the newest tools that other you know, competitors are using um, just to figure out which ones work for you because that will change the pace of um, expectation and delivery for our client services. And it could also create time for you to spend more time doing the things you want to do, which is, you know, possibly the creative process or thinking strategically about projects or maybe taking time, more time to sit with a copywriting project so you can come back to it several times. But you're able to do that and create more space and time for the work that really warrants it if you can speed up the other parts of your business. And so I think that was such a great takeaway. And um, we're really talking about businesses that are you know, highly interested in growth. Like That's where the speed is important. If you are happy with where your business is today, you don't need to pick up the speed. That's okay. But we're talking about, you know, significant growth for businesses and what those businesses need to do. Another, I mean, you, you mentioned this, but you can use speed to get back your time as well. And we're seeing people who are using AI to do that, to speed up, you know, ideation or summaries of research, help with all of that kind of stuff in their business. And if you can do that, you know, what used to take you a day, if you can do it in an hour or two, now you've got six more hours that you can use any, you know, you don't have to use those for business. You can use them, you know, go to the movies, have lunch with your friends, hang out with your kids, whatever the thing is. Uh, you can buy back your time with speed as well. Um, and the last thing that I want to mention just from this half of the conversation is what Paolo finished up talking about, uh, building a personal brand from day one. So the thing that he would change, and this is something I think we see with a lot of the copywriters that we coach, is 
people tend to do really well as long as referrals are coming in. But then as those referrals dry up and you do need to reach out or you do need to be showing up in new places, we haven't already built that personal brand. We haven't, like Paolo talked about earlier, built that authority, that perception that we are the go-to person for this thing. Um, now you've got to back up and build that. And that's where we see a lot of dips in businesses where people start to struggle. It's those first initial projects dry up from your contacts, the people who know you. Now you've got to go back, build your personal brand. And until that really starts to take off, we tend to see copywriters struggle. And so if you haven't already started building your personal brand, building that authority, building the perception that you know who you are and what you do, uh, there's no better time than right now. Yeah, that's one of the first investments I made. I mean, significant investments I made in my copywriting business was building personal brand. And it's still paying off almost 10 years later. <laughs> Best investment I ever made because it just continues to work for you year after year after year. Um, so, and, and many of the copywriter names that we hear frequently, and at least in our community, um, the ones that are like, you know, viewed as top copywriters, whether or not they are, they typically have built their personal brand from day one. And that's what puts them in that position of authority. So it is important. Definitely give it some thought if you haven't focused on it yet. No better time than starting right now. We want to thank Paolo Faustino for joining us on the podcast to talk about his journey and his business and offer so much advice about how to build our own businesses. If you want to connect with Paolo, you can find him on all social media platforms at Paolo Faustino. And he does all his content in Portuguese. Uh, you can obviously use Google Translate to learn from him, but just uh, expect to see a lot of Portuguese when you connect with him. And if you're interested in learning more about the Think Tank, head over to copywriterthinktank.com now to find out more. We have a retreat in just a few days, so check that out and join. And you can hang out with us on the retreat. Yeah, and we met Paolo through our the mastermind that we are part of because that's what masterminds are great for, meaning meeting other interesting entrepreneurs, copywriters. So if that's something that you feel like you're lacking in your current business, then definitely check out the Think Tank. And that's the end of this episode of the Copywriter Club podcast. You can check out our newest podcast all about artificial intelligence at AIforcreativeentrepreneurs.com. The intro music was composed by copywriter and songwriter Addison Rice. Outro was composed by copywriter and songwriter David Muntner. If you've enjoyed today's episode, which we hope that you did, please leave your review of the show on Apple Podcasts and we will share it as soon as we can. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Copywriters coming together to help the world write better. Copy and make more money. Kira and Rob's Copywriters Club yeah, can make you lots of money. Listen to the Kira and Rob's Copywriters Club can make you lots of money as long as you listen through the whole damn episode.